So when you put taxation and inflation together, it's not unusual for people to actually lose money as it relates to the purchasing power. is on the way. This is the Retirement Rescue Podcast with certified financial planners, Nikki Early and Dan Capril. Well, it's been a little while since uh, we've done one of these podcasts. It's been so long that we decided to change the name of the podcast. But you know what? It's still us. It's still Dan and Nikki. And uh, whether you're a client of ours or whether you've stumbled across us, uh, we want to welcome you to this podcast. We've changed the name Retirement Rescue really for two reasons. One, we actually have a book by that name called Retirement Rescue. But that title is extremely appropriate, especially in the period we're in now. It's interesting. You know, the market has done fine these last couple of years. In fact, last year was quite good. The investment markets, that is. The bond market's not so good. But we are now confronted with a new threat that is going to require some rescuing. And that is going to be inflation. So I always talk about the fact, Nick, that I think inflation is like watching a small child grow. You don't see it every day. You look at it over time. So I had our crack staff do a little pricing research for us. Okay. And um, I was born in 1963. Now, right now- I feel now, like there's a quiz coming on. I, I can't help but- There might be. Way. It's just a guess. It's guess. <laughs> just a guess. Okay. Okay. So let, let's pick the, the most simple thing that people buy, um, a stamp. It, it, today, it costs 58 cents to send out a letter. I was born in 1963. How much do you think it was back in 63? I honestly have no clue. Just, just take a stamp. Um, 10 cents. Four cents. Four. Yes. In yes. fact, the year you were born, it was only eight cents. So Are we... Are we- Telling I, everyone how old I am. No, at this I didn't point. say that. Did I? Did I divulge that? No. I just said the year you were born. Now you could go back. They can go back and research when was it eight cents. But I didn't say that. Well, um, I will just tell everyone I'm fifty. So it was got a big, big birthday about about two weeks ago. So yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what to get her for her birthday because what I was going to get her, her husband bought her. So. Um, which would match for your new car, which, you know, such a romantic gift for him. That would have been a perfect gift for me to give you. But <laughs> in, in any event. I okay. wonder how much those mats cost back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they did not exist. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So it went from four to eight to 16 to 32. It's doubled quite a few times. Uh, let's talk about, and, I, and I'm going to admit, you know, even though I do my fair share of grocery shopping, I don't really stare at what the price of milk is. I just, we need milk. I throw it in, in the thing. Maybe I should be a little bit more mindful. Right now, a gallon of milk is $3.77. What do you think it would have been in 1963? Again, no clue. I didn't even know what it was today. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm telling you, it was, it's I don't do grocery shopping. Okay. But it's 377. What do you think it might've been uh, almost 60 years ago? Oh gosh. If I had to guess a um, uh, dollar, maybe uh, 49 cents. Okay. 49 cents. Um, the big Mac. I think when I was in college, it was like $2 and 10 cents. It's about four bucks today. It was 28 cents in 1963. I didn't even know they had Big Macs in 1963. So, um, all right. So now here's the lesson here, though. 
is when the cost of these things, with the exception of gas, and I haven't done gas yet. Gas when I was a kid, 1963, was 30 cents. I remember when it was 40. I don't know why. I remember, I just have this memory of being at the gas station with my dad, watching the, the thing tick up and seeing that it was 40 cents a gallon. And then, of course, it was big news in the 70s when it got up to a dollar. Um, right now, nationally, it's about 3.30 a gallon. But there have been times, really not that long ago, when it was well below um, $2. But I think with the exception of gas, because gas fluctuates, it's constantly up and down. All these other things were kind of like watching a small child grow. Would you agree? I mean, you didn't really notice them. They just kind of, you know, what's a few cents here, a few cents there. And the next thing you know, it's a dollar. And, you know, that's Well, I think fortunately, yes, we probably didn't notice it as much. Right. But- when I do recall about like, maybe 15 years ago, um, when gas was like at above $4 and we were right. traveling. The- but, what's, but amazingly, then it, it shot right back down. Right. Because right. it wasn't that long ago, we were paying about two bucks a gallon. Um, so other than gas, everything else kind of moves in a somewhat linear, upward sloping fashion. Uh, gas is up and down largely because supply and politics are up and down now. Correct. Correct. So here we are now. Oh, before I get into this though, probably should have began this way. We're going to start off. We're going to take a quick second break here and we're going to talk about our disclaimer. Before you get into this podcast and all the great things we're going to share with you, understand this. What we are sharing with you is information. It is not intended to be advice specific to you. Now, If you want advice specific to you, you can reach out to us. It's very simple. Just go to talktonikki.com, schedule a time, and we'll be more than happy to answer what questions you might have specific to you. Of course, if you're a client, we're going to give you specific advice all the time. Just want to drive that home before we get too much into today's program. Okay, let's get back to the program. Okay, so recently, we've seen a dramatic increase in inflation. And there's really one, well, there's two reasons for it. One is we do have a supply issue as far as getting goods and services here. And so as a result, um, you have fewer things on the shelf. So naturally, demand is higher for them, and that will raise the price. But the other thing is there's a heck of a lot more money out there. I mean, the dollars that are just flooding the system, which is why home prices are up, which is why lumber is up. So many people were getting these checks and it, it created massive amounts of spending. And so now we're seeing used cars go up. I think I saw 37%. Um, didn't you just recently sell one for more than you paid for it? I did. Yep. So yeah. I bought a car. I want to say it was in March of when the everything got shut down with the pandemic. And I sold it two months ago for more than I bought it for. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're saying to yourself, now, how can that possibly be? I mean, don't cars depreciate? And I put, you know, I drive an hour and a half every day to work. So I put a lot of miles on that thing over the last, I guess we could say, what, two years almost? And I I believe I did buy you car mats for that one, didn't I? Or is it the one? You did. You did. (laughs) She goes through cars like shoes sometimes. But in any (laughs) event. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> you drive a lot, right? Stuff happens. Okay, so that's a very interesting phenomenon. How the heck can it be 
that something that should be depreciating in value um, costs more? Well, the simple reason is because they can't get all the parts necessary for new cars. Um, if you order a new car right now, chances are you'll have to wait a while to get it. Or if you are lucky enough to get one, you're not going to be able to request a whole lot of things. So you're just going to say, well, here, you know, we've got one. One of the big problems are the microchips, the computer chips that go into those cars. If you ever uh, drive to Louisville from Cincinnati and you go by the Kentucky Speedway, you'll notice there's just thousands of Ford F-150s just parked out there because they don't have the parts to be sold. So what has happened now is that car dealers are focusing more on their used car inventory and the demand for those is quite high. So if you have been contemplating getting rid of a car, now is an excellent time to sell it. It may not be a great time to buy a car. However, you may find that what you're able to get on the trade-in makes up for what you're maybe going to end up having to pay on the new car. Now, if you can wait a little while, so let's say you have two or three cars, and you can certainly give up one for a while, this could work out for you quite well. I would also suggest that you um, shop your car around a little bit. Don't be so quick as to take the first one that comes along. But uh, yeah, no, clearly right now they're, they're, they're in high demand. And um, yeah, like, so one dealership was willing to give me like 32,000 for my car. The other oh. one was like 38. I mean, nice. so yeah, it definitely $6,000 difference. I mean, right. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. we definitely shopped around. Mm-hmm. Now, Another thing that you should be doing as a result of this inflation is you should be taking a look at your home value. Now, I say that simply so that you are, um, one, aware of it. You have, without a doubt, more equity in it than you had previously. Sometimes it's advisable to tap into that equity via a home equity line of credit if you want to do enhancements to your home. However, One of the ways in which the government is going to deal with inflation is by raising interest rates. The Fed has already suggested they might do it as many times as four this year. So if you do have a home equity line of credit, understand that that is a uh, adjustable interest rate. Every month, it will have a new interest rate. So that could work against you. Also, if you have a mortgage and that mortgage is not a fixed mortgage, I strongly recommend, we strongly recommend you look at maybe making it a fixed rate mortgage. Because if you're on a variable, that variable could very easily go up. In fact, I'm almost certain that it will, depending on when your variable dates are. Now, we've had low interest rates in housing for so long that I can't imagine anybody not having a fixed uh, rate at this point. You will see variables become more popular, though, if rates start to get up in the five, sixes sevens where it wasn't really all that long ago they were. Um, hopefully, we do not get to that period of the 70s where it's 10, 12, 20% interest to, to mortgage a house. Um, so to that extent, if you have debt, you should seriously think about retiring that debt because to the extent that that debt can fluctuate in interest rates, credit cards, um, another great example, then you want to um, perhaps pay that off now rather than wait and see what the interest rates are going to be, because they're probably going to be a lot higher. Now, there are some real negatives to inflation. In fact, I would argue it's far worse than a market drop, because when markets drop, they come back. So as as long as you're careful about how much you're selling, 
during that period of time, markets come back and uh, you should be fine. But inflation is a little different because inflation affects the things you need to buy. It's kind of hard to say to somebody, well, let's just eat less, you know, this month or whatever. So one of the things that we've always done in our planning, and unfortunately, not everyone does this, is we factor in inflation into your portfolio. Now, you told me this morning, Nick, we're running now about 7% average. Is that right? That was the latest numbers I've heard. Yeah, 7%, which is dramatically higher. I think it's been like 15 years since we were above 5%. So it's very, very high. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because always keep in mind that you have your own inflation rate, uh, the things you buy. So while you'll see these national averages, if you're not buying the things that make up that national average, then your, your personal rate is going to be lower. But of course, food and those things are going to be. Well, what's what we hear about the steak, right? And that's what you hear on the news right now exactly. is that steak is so much more expensive. Well, if you don't buy steak, yeah. not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But certain things that we have to buy, like you said, gas, right. milk, those things are going up. If you do buy steak, you know, Sam's Club and Costco probably are cheaper but um, than, than some of the other venues. But okay. So one of the things that we've noticed when we are working with clients, and this has been the case easily for the last 15 years, is very rarely do they ask for an inflation adjustment in their, their withdrawals. But we've been factoring it in. So this is really good news because the fact that we factored it in, because while we did not use a 7% inflation rate, and I don't think that's going to be a rate that's going to hold forever. We have used usually around three, three and a half percent in there um, inflationary rate for consumption. So if a client says to us, I need $6,000 a month for my portfolio, and we feel that that's a number that they can sustain, we expect it to go up every year. But very rarely does do people ask for more, which is great. So the thing I want to emphasize to all of you out there, if you're clients of us, we've taken a lot of this into consideration. However, it's going to be very important that you communicate with us if you're starting to see your costs exceed what your normal retirement income is. Now, if you're working, this is a moot point. In fact, if you're working, you probably should expect, I'm hoping, to see higher um, increases uh, in wages as a result of inflation. I remember when I was uh, coming out of college, uh, it wasn't that unusual for um, reviews plus COLA adjustments for my company to be close to 10%. And then as inflation started to drop, they, they dropped a lot closer towards you know, mid-single digit. So you hopefully will see earnings keep, keep up with that. But you know, whether it's you know, 3%, 7%, it changes every single year. The important thing is that you be aware if that has been factored in to your analysis. Now, having said that, we've had situations where we've had some clients who kind of want to live it up a little bit during retirement, and they maybe have spent a little bit more than we wanted them to spend. And often the response to us is, well, sometimes it's you got to cut it out, okay? You're going to run out of money unless you promise me you die by 77, okay? Never a good conversation. But sometimes the response we have to them is, okay, that's fine. You can stay at this number, but we can't raise it for inflation. So when we do reviews next year, that'll, that'll be something. But that doesn't happen very often. So I don't want you, if, you, if you're in that situation, trust me, we've told you that. Go ahead, Nick. 
Well, no, I just, yeah, it's very important that we do this analysis every year. And we're very honest with our clients about what their situation is. But like you said, it's not like every year they're coming to us saying, I need a 3% increase. We're factoring that in. And then typically it's like five years in, they'll say, you know what? My checking account's getting a little, you know, I don't have as much money as I used to. I need another couple hundred dollars a month. So it it just comes and goes as far as it's not like every year we just raise what no. we give three percent. Which which means if we did it at three percent and you know someone's been with us for five, six years and we've never given them an increase, we can handle a, a one year at seven. I mean, we can right. do that, right? right? That, and that's the point I I, I want to emphasize to um, to people here, uh, you know, as far as that part of it goes. If you're not a client of ours, I would just say to you that it's very important that any type of analysis that you have done, whether you've done it, whether your advisor has done it, that that is factored in. And then the other part of it is, and I know we, we beat a dead horse on this show, or actually we will be beating a dead horse because we just restarted the show, um, is inflation has an evil twin brother. They're both evil. Uh, the other one is taxation. So when you put taxation and inflation together, it's not unusual for people to actually lose money as it relates to the purchasing power. So it's important that your portfolio have a percentage of investments that typically do well during inflation every time. And that would be equities or stocks. So for years, I've had other financial advisors suggest to me that the recommendations that we have for our clients are a bit aggressive given where they are in life. Now, in most cases, we don't recommend half your money be in equities if you're retired. And that's mathematically derived, okay? It isn't just like we just kind of pull that out of the air. No, that's mathematically derived. And the reason that equity presence is where it's at is because of inflation and taxation. Uh, We've always been cognizant of taxation. Up until recently, no one's really been too cognizant of inflation. So that's a big part of your portfolio, and that's why it's there. And that's why it's incredibly diversified as well. So I I think no matter how old you are, if you have some type of reasonable life expectancy beyond today, you're going to want to make sure that you have some level of equity presence so that you can handle inflation. Because otherwise, you're either coming, you're at break even when you factor in tax inflation historically, or in the case of treasury bills, you're actually losing money. Because historically, when you factor in inflation taxation on those, the real rate of return is less than inflation. So your purchasing power has diminished over time. And that's not good. We, we don't want you to, to experience that. So you, being too conservative is actually being aggressive. And, and what I mean by that is if you stick all your money in fixed annuities, or you stick all your money in cash, or you stick it all in CDs or bonds, you're making a very aggressive assumption that taxes and inflation are going to stay low so that you get a real rate of return. And we're seeing all the evidence in the world that that's not the case. So the, the one thing that we, I, I think I can comfortably say is that at least between now and the end of the year, you're not going to see any tax changes simply because Congress is gridlocked and nothing will come, through, will come through the Senate at the present moment. Now, we have another election coming up in, in a few months, all indications based on polling is that the, you'll have an even more divided government. So right now, Democrats have the House by a few votes. Uh, the Senate is split, although uh, the vice president can break a tie, but 
in the Senate, a bill doesn't come up for vote until they can agree to stop debating it. That's called a filibuster. And that is not going to go away because two Democrats kind of figured out that if we get rid of the filibuster, when we're not in power, then we're going to regret it. Uh, you saw that happen with Supreme Court justices. They used to require 60 votes to end debate to get a Supreme Court justice. That was changed. And um, the we are just in a very interesting time. Yeah. I think this is very um, telling right now exactly what's going on. It is. It is. And, you know, as much as we all want our side to win, we need to understand that the, the geniuses, and I, and, I, and I really mean that, the geniuses who created this form of government back when nobody had this form of government, by the way, we, we, this form of government was created in the land of monarchies, right? Um, they wanted it to be complicated. They wanted it to be slow in order to have change put afoot. They felt that that was the essence for stability, because up until then, the way in which power remained stable was through, the, through its army. And eventually you would have a coup, whatever the case might be. And they said, no, no, let's, let's have a truly elected republic, but let's make it complex. And um, while I'm sure it hasn't turned out exactly the way they imagined it would, it's like everything. It's a lousy form of government, but it's better than, than anything else that we have. So, um, so in closing here, I want to emphasize to you, inflation's real. It's probably not going to go away for quite some time. You don't suddenly shrink the money supply as much as we've created it. It just doesn't happen overnight. Um, I don't want anybody to panic. If you're unsure about how this affects you, that's what we're here for. Okay. So if you're one of our clients, please schedule a time to talk to Nikki, which is easy. Talk to Nikki.com. And by the way, Nikki's with two K's, N-I-K-K-I.com. <laughs> uh, or you can just call the office 513-563-7526, whichever is easier. If you're not a client and you'd like to learn about our retirement rescue system, because we do have a system, actually, so we've written a book and have a system called Retirement Rescue, which is the planning system that we have for all clients. Give us a call. We'll be more than happy to talk to you. See if you're a good fit for it. If you are, we'll explain to you how we do it. If you're not, we're going to tell you that too, because we don't, we're not in the business of trying to sell to people. We're in the business of trying to help people who need help. Okay. Nick, any closing thoughts? Well, should we address the fact that we haven't been doing these podcasts lately and that we are going to, on a regular basis, be in touch? Well, I did kind of make a re reference that we hadn't been did on you? in a while. <laughs> yeah, at, at the start of the program. But, um, you know, like I said, um, you know, we, uh, we got away from doing them towards the second half of the year, but we're back and uh, we'll, be coming, we'll be doing one every single month. So um, our, our format is going to be a little different than this show. Our format is actually in the future going to be where we talk about something that we've read and we're going to share that with you. So it's almost going to be like a Reader's Digest discussion about a topic. Usually will be financial, but a lot of times it'll be behavioral. A lot of times it'll be something that we just find to be of interest. So to me, a, a good show about personal finance goes well beyond talking about numbers um, because at the end of the day, we have money so that we can do stuff with it. So it'll be more of that. And um, always feel free to reach out to us if you ever want to make a recommendation on something that we can talk about. All right. So thank you for listening to the, the first episode of the Retirement yes. Rescue Podcast. Uh, we look forward to, uh, to talking to you soon. Take care.
Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been attained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Nikki Early is an investment advisor representative of Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a privacy policy statement, call 800-353-7923.